0: moment and just lift your hands to heaven right now. If you're new to church and that's weird for you, that's okay. You don't have to. This is a really good moment of surrender. In the light of what he freely gave, here's a moment where I can just freely give him all my attention, where I can just lift him up Another word for that is exalt to exalt him We probably don't need the music. We just sing the simplest song ever. Sing I exalt thee And I exalt come on, don't sing it like a song. Sing it like you mean it. I. I exalt thee, O Lord, and I, I exalt thee. It's just me and you, God. I, I exalt thee. We exalt you, Jesus. We lift you up, God, in this moment. In this moment. If you're in this room and there's absolutely anything physically wrong with you, if you have a need of any kind in your life, I would encourage you just now, maybe just lift your hand to heaven. We're going to pray especially for you. We're going to intercede for you. Health and healing, needs of every single kind. God, we bring before you every single person Lord, and every single person. Lord, you said that if we would ask, Lord, and we would seek, we would knock, Lord, that we would find, Lord. God, you said, Lord, that you wouldn't turn anybody away. You wouldn't forsake anyone, Lord. Lord, that who comes to you, no way you would cast them out. So, God, we ask you now for all of these needs, for physical needs, for financial needs. Oh, God, Lord, whatever it may be, whatever needs to be provided, we thank you, Lord, that you, Lord, you are our Jehovah-Jireh. You are our provider. All we need is found in you, God. And we ask you right now, God, to intercede, to do mighty miracles in our midst, God, to do mighty miracles, things that there's no way a human being could take credit for. There are some supernatural things that your people need this morning, God. And we simply ask you, with faith like a kid, faith like a child. We just believe that you're God who takes care of us. We just trust you. Do you just take a moment and lift your hands and trust to Him for every one of those needs? I know it looks dark. I know it looks challenging. I know it looks difficult. There's some situations in my life that look right now they look dark, they look challenging, they look difficult, but God specializes in those things. He specializes in the dark places. He specializes in prisons of all kinds. He specializes in breaking chains of all kinds. This morning, God, we just take this moment and trust you. We trust you. Let's just sing it one more time. I exalt thee. And I exalt thee. I I exalt thee. I exalt. Amen, amen, amen. You can be seated. Go ahead and give the person next to you a high five, or shake their hand, or a headbutt, or something like that. Make a connection of some kind. If you love them, you know you can pass them a little love note. If uh, if. You happen to be sitting beside somebody who's single and you're single too, then be careful. That's all I can say. Just be careful. So what's with this table? What's this all about? Everything's changing. Um, My name is Scott. I am Pastor Shane's brother. Um, And uh, so uh, I'm not the pastor of this church if this is your very first time. If it is your very first time... You are one of the reasons, one of the most important reasons, that we even turned the lights on this morning, okay? You're, you are honestly the most valuable person in the room. I won't ask you to, to uh, identify yourself, but if you're here for the first time, then we want to we wanna welcome you to uh, our version of a church service and uh, <laughs> encourage you to uh, relax and enjoy the coffee you're drinking uh, I love being at a church where we can just drink coffee. It's awesome. And uh, it's just fabulous. So uh, welcome if this is your first time here. If it's your first time being in a church, then, man, that's like a whole nother level. That's a whole nother level of awesome uh, VIP-ness. So, oh, my gosh, that just happened. Anyway, and we're not being recorded, are we? Wow. Wow. It just happens to me. Not since the Bert and Ernie incident. Does anybody remember that? Anyways. Yeah, you remember. Um, yeah, so I've been, I, I've been uh, honored to have the chance to speak here, you know, several times and lead worship a few times in my brother's absence. And uh, so it's really great to come and see new faces, a new foyer, you know, the cafe chairs. You know, you sit down in them and they just, like, hug your behind, like, Man, I feel, for I don't know, I sat down, I felt like 30 pounds lighter, you know, sitting in there, you know, it was really nice. So, the coffee station, and uh, it's just, it's great to see, especially, though, uh, all the new faces. And so, uh, yeah, if you've uh, never, if you've never heard me speak before, um, I'm, a, I'm like Shane, um, except a lot less educated. Uh, <laughs> and, um, I tend to be a little bit lighter than him, although he has been lighter than me at different times. If you see me come and go the last few years, I've kind of done this, like I'm like an accordion. You know, I'm big and then I'm small and I'm big and then I'm small. So um, I'm sure none of you experienced that at all. No? Okay. All right. Good. So I'm going to have a hard time getting used to this gigantic unit that's here. I feel like I need a centerpiece of some kind. Uh, But, uh, you know what, it's great when you're, like, praying with your eyes closed, because you can kind of track where you are at all times. It's great. Is Shane losing his eyesight? Does he need new glasses, or what's the story? Uh, I'm excited to have the privilege to share the Word of God with you. And so, this morning, you will need your Bible, um, because when I speak, as I said, I am not nearly as educated as Pastor Shane or Becky. Um, and so I rely very heavily upon the Word of God, okay? And I'm not saying that they don't, um, but uh, I, I just tend to be that kind of preacher. So we are going to hit at least seven to ten scriptures at some point during this message. And so if you have a paper Bible, you'll want to keep it open. If you have uh, some kind of electronic version of the Bible, you can go to the first scripture, but it'll be too fast for you to get to the other ones. So, you can look at the Sky Bible, and uh, the Sky Bible will, uh, will flash those on the screen when they do come out, okay? I want to share with you a message this morning entitled, Deal or No Deal? Somebody say that with me. Deal or no deal? That's the perfect moment to put it on the screen. Yay! We have graphics. Graphic support artists. Thank you. Deal or no deal? I remember one of the first times I rented a house, I had to make a deal with the owner. This was before I was experienced in sales. I'm, a, I'm in sales. Uh, I work for a painting company called Home Painters Toronto in the city of Toronto. And I sell paint jobs all day long. I see four to five people a day in their homes. And so I know what sales is all about. But at this time in my life, I really didn't know a heck of a lot. So I'm meeting with the owner, and it was a great house, but the house just needed carpet. It, it, it needed it. It was really bad. I mean, they, it was a decent house, but it had this, like, flooring that was really old and yucky. I felt like I was on a battleship or, like, in a school cafeteria, and it, I, I, we really wanted carpet. I needed to seal this deal. I needed to make the contract. I needed to get the house... So I pitched her this idea of new carpet. Of course, she's a landlord. She looks at the dollar signs and says, well, that's 1500 bucks. whatever. You know, the house you're renting is $1,200 or $1,000 a month. And, uh, but I really needed this carpet. I mean, I, I was willing to make the deal. I was ready. I had the checkbook in my hand. I actually had money in the account to go with the checkbook, you know? I was, yeah, some of you just caught that. Yeah, I was ready to make the deal. I mean, I was all in. We're talking about moving our family into this small town where I was gonna do ministry and really excited. So I told her, I made the pitch. I was all in. It was up to her. And I said to her, I said, you know, I said, honestly, Elaine, in order to make this work, we need that carpet. How many of you in the room are in sales? Anybody? So if you're making sale, doing sales one-on-one, you make your pitch, and then you shut up. And the first one to speak often loses. And that silence was like a minute long. I mean, that's a long silence. It was Sharon. That was her name. Sharon, I really need that carpet to make this work. And finally, finally, after the end of the silence, she caved. She finally caved. And we had a deal. But there was that moment of tension where it's like, maybe we don't have a deal. And if any of you are in sales, or if you're in real estate, or if you've ever bought a car, you know what that tension is like. That tension where you really, really want something, and you have to make it look like you're willing to walk away, although you really don't want to walk away. I, I, I think sometimes... I think sometimes we're, we come short of actually wanting to make a deal about serving God. We come short of being kind of all in at the table. We would much rather go to the God store and say, oh, that's nice. I like that. And, oh, yeah, that's really nice. I like that. And maybe as you're checking out, you see something that happens. I really like that, too. I'm going to grab that on my way out. And we'd rather kind of just pick and choose The things of God. And pick and choose the scripture that we like. And pick and choose the areas that we allow God to speak to us in. And the areas that we respond when he does speak to us in. But the truth of the matter is, I think that we will live the most vibrant life. We will live the most God-ordained life or God-planned life. We will live that life to the degree that we are all in. To the degree that we're, we say to God, here I am. I've counted the cost. And I'm all in. Because the truth of the matter is, is that we don't just need to give God part of us. We need to give God all of us. I know we sing that old song, I surrender all. But sometimes I think to myself, what I should be singing is the truth. What's like, I surrender like 92%. I surrender most, a lot, some, depending on the day. But I want you to know that God, he made the first step. We don't need to just be part way in. We need a complete overhaul. We need God to move into every area of our life and renovate as he goes. We need renovations from top to bottom because he, God, He counted the cost. He counted the cost and he paid the price. And I believe this morning God is saying to us, deal or no deal? Deal or no deal? Do you have a Bible? If you have a Bible, would you do me a favor and just hold it up? We're going to read from the scripture in a second. And uh, I think Pastor Corey does this little rant. Okay, so so it won't be brand new to you, although my version might be a little bit more extensive and different. Would you hold up your Bible or your version of the Bible? Hold up your iPad. If you want to, you can hold up your wallet. You can just kind of go along with it and hold anything you want. You can take your shoe off, hold it up, doesn't matter. Hold up your coffee. Coffee's pretty valuable. Would you just read after me. This is my Bible. Oh, come on. This is my Bible. My mind is alert, my heart is receptive, and I will never be the same in Jesus' name. Now just kind of pound your Bible like that. Yeah, that's old school right there. Can you turn in your Bible, please, to Genesis, Genesis chapter 15, Genesis 15. When you're there, just say, oh yeah. Genesis chapter 15. God is about to show a man named Abram a covenant, a deal, an agreement that he is going to make with not just him but for generations after him. And the more you study the Bible, the more you realize that we actually get included in this deal, in this covenant that God makes with Abram. So, In many cases, that's one of the reasons the Word of God is timeless, is because although this happened a long time ago in history, it is still something that you and I can hold on to today. It happened a really long time ago. A really long time ago. And it happened between one man and the Creator God. And yet you and I, we still live in the benefits of this agreement. And here is what what God says to Abram in a vision. He says three things, essentially. He says this. Abram, do not be afraid. Abram, do not be afraid. (laughs) It's my father-in-law, Abram. That's his name. Hence the joke. Abram, do not be afraid. Number two, he says this. I am your shield. Number three, he says, I am your exceedingly great reward. So God sets up this covenant that he is going to make with Abram, and we're not going to get into the details of the covenant completely. But there's three things I think that God wants to say to us this morning that there is a deal on the table, there is a covenant that he is offering. You could call this sermon Deal or No Deal. You could also call it The Proposal. It's a proposal that God is making to us, and he sets it up by saying these three things. Don't be afraid. I am your shield. I am your exceedingly great reward. He's proposing a deal with Abram, a contract, a covenant. He is promising something, and a response is required from us. Number one, he says this, do not be afraid. This is old school, but 365 times in the Bible it says that. Don't be afraid. There are 365 days in the year. So don't be afraid. God says to Abraham, first of all, don't be afraid. Here God is promising confidence, security, hope, intervention in the issues of life. In fact, the only thing we're really instructed to fear in the Bible is God himself. Now, this isn't like a, you know, Texas Chainsaw Massacre kind of fear. I don't know where that came from. I actually can't watch horror movies. I get really scared. I saw Poltergeist one time when I was a kid. That was the last horror movie I saw. I was done. It's not that kind of fear, but it's the kind of reverence or the kind of understanding That the one with the power to create can also crush us. It's knowing who the king of this kingdom is. And that king, although he is powerful, he has said, do not fear. Don't be afraid. I think sometimes people say that the opposite of fear is faith. I would add to that and say that faith and trust is the opposite of fear. I feel different things when people say faith. I feel sometimes when people say, well, you need to have more faith. I feel like that's like a standard that I have to live up to. Like if I don't have enough faith in my gas tank that I can only go so far. But I think it's, it's the same thing, but somehow when I hear the word trust, I think it's the same thing, but for some reason it's like I can trust. Even if I can't have faith, sometimes I feel like I can trust in God and that's why i love the scripture psalm 37 verse 3 says this trust in the lord and do good dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness delight yourself also in the lord and he will give you the desires of your heart commit your way to the lord trust also in him and he will bring it to pass verse 7 says rest in the lord and wait patiently for him do not be afraid trust Dwell, feed, delight, commit, rest, wait patiently. He offers to trade us his confidence and his boldness for our fear, his peace for our anxiety. The Bible says, cast all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. Come on, some of you, you've been, some of us, we've been carrying a burden of fear in some area. We've been carrying that thing way too long. We've been carrying it way too long. We've been carrying something that Jesus offered to carry. And he says to us, that burden of what happened to you, that burden of that mistake that you made, That burden, that heavy load, that heavy weight that you bear because of somebody else's bad choice. That heavy burden, that weight that you bear because a loved one is going through a sick time. That that burden, that yoke, that thing that you're carrying. Jesus said, I'll make you a deal. I can carry that. He says, Cast your cares upon me because I care for you. What do you say? deal or no deal Secondly in Genesis 15 he says not only am i not to be just not to be afraid but i'm your shield i'm your shield i'm your protection Do you know why God offers to be your shield and your protection Yes Yes. Why do you have an alarm system in your house? To keep the bad guys out. When, in the movies, when they have, like, something, you know, you have, like, an entire museum, but there's a certain thing that always has its own independent alarm system. Why do you think that is? Because it's valuable. Bingo. That's why he wants to be your shield and your protection. Because you're so valuable. You are so valuable. That's why he wants to be your shield and your protection. No one protects something that's not worth protecting. Some of us, if we had our way, we would be out there in the cold, starving. Because we're, we go on and on and say, God, oh, I'm not worthy of you. I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy of you. Ladies and gentlemen, your worth is so high in God's eyes. Your worth is so, your treasure of such great value. Of such great value. That he is literally built eternity around you and your response to him. You're so valuable to him. There are a large percentage of you in the room that at this moment do not believe me. You can't see it, and I get that. I have those moments too all the time. But we have to understand that Although we worship God and we value value, God, we, we have to understand the value that we have to Him. We have to understand how eternity has been crafted. And even the timeline of history revolves around Jesus. And yet the Bible says that we are the apple of His eye. That people are the center of His focus. It's not the economy. It's not the middle. It's not anything else that's going on. It's the people of this planet that God is mostly interested in. You have incredible value, and that's why he wants to protect you. The hard truth is that even sometimes in his protection, we get hurt. And I don't understand all of that. But I do know this, that not only is he protecting us, mostly he is protecting our soul. The Bible says in Ezekiel 18.4, God says, about, says this, all souls are mine. All souls are mine. The most the honest truth is that God is more interested in your soul even than your physical comfort. He protects your soul, he protects his plan for your soul. He told Abram that he would become a nation and he is calling us to become a nation of people that are responding and understanding from the position that I belong to him. And I belong to him not just because I chose him, but before I chose him, he chose me. He made the first move. He brought me into his family by sacrificing his own son Jesus before I ever even decided what I thought about Jesus. He made the first move. And you and I, the person on your right and the person on your left, they are a valuable treasure in God's eyes. We need to treat ourselves that way and we need to look at each other that way. It might be a little bit awkward, but look beside somebody and somebody beside you and say, You're valuable. Turn to the other person, even though you fought with them on the way to church, say, You're valuable. He's promising to be our shield and our protection. We don't need to be afraid. If we will surrender to his plan, we will experience his providence. Again, I'm not sure about you this morning, but I know that I am not 100% submitted to him. I'm not 100% surrendered to him. I know that there are areas in my life where I listen better than other areas. And I know that those areas are the same areas that I struggled with when I was 15 years old. It's an ongoing war. But I am not and you are not alone in the struggle. We, sometimes, you know, we doubt and all of that stuff. We do that because of our lack or our experience. We must build our faith and we must build our trust in not only the one who gives us what we ask for, but more importantly, what we actually need. He said this, he said, don't be afraid, I am your shield. Will you accept the fact that I am protecting you because you are valuable? Can you accept that, deal or no deal? Number three, he says, I am your exceeding great reward. I mean, it's one thing to get an award. It's another thing to get an exceeding award. Imagine you go out and you buy a scratch ticket you know, to win $25,000. You win and they hand you $100,000. That's exceeding. That's over and above. That's beyond the, what you were even expecting. He says to Abram, I am your exceeding great reward. Look in your Bible, verse, or, uh, in chapter 15... Verse 2, right away, you're going to see Abram's response. Sovereign Lord, look at this. What can you give me? Seriously? It's like the dumbest response ever. God says this incredible statement to Abram. He says, I'm your exceeding great reward. And Abraham says, what will you give me? We 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 kind of covered that already. What will you give me? What is not included in him being our exceeding great reward? What is left out of that contract? There's nothing. There's nothing outside of that. There's nothing more that I need. I don't need to get a list of benefits and a, you know a, a later. Abram says, "Look, I I'm childless." Thank you for, you know, all that stuff. But I need what I need, and I need it right now. Done that. (laughs) Totally done that. Yeah, I know this is really good in my life, and yeah, and I know I got this, and I have that, and I I, I really appreciate it. But we need to spend some time talking about this thing that I don't have. And that's what Abraham does. It's a very normal human response. It doesn't mean it's good. It doesn't mean it's right. And if you live there and you dwell there perpetually, you will die there and doubt there perpetually. We need to be reminded again and again that God is our exceeding great reward. As I said before, we must build our faith in the one who not only gives us what we ask for, but more importantly, what we need. More importantly, what we need. He makes this offer to us this morning. A life worth living. A mission worth fighting for. The arsenal of the word of God in the fight of life. That's what he's offering to us this morning. And folks, I can tell you in my short 42 years on planet... On this planet, I have lived a lot of life. I've lived in a lot of different places. I've done a lot of different jobs. And over the years, I've asked God for many, many things. And I've experienced many, many things. But as I get older, and as I get to start looking back, I start to see the straight line of God's plan and the straight line of God's providence. And I'm beginning to understand this, that He is my exceeding great reward. There are things that I have wanted and things that I have asked for that I should have never wanted and I should have never asked for. I should have just said simply, God, do your best in my life. I should have simply said, God, I trust you. And I'm learning to do that more. I'm learning to do it more. I'm learning to trust more in what God has already provided and begin to actually stand on his promises. I am getting to that point, although sometimes I slip back and I fail. I am beginning more and more to encourage myself with the word of God, and I would appreciate, or uh, not I would appreciate it, but uh, it would be amazing if you would join me. It would be amazing if we would all, as the body of Christ, as church, that we would begin to trust more and more and more and more in God and in his word. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 8 and 9 says this, For though we are hard-pressed on every side, yet we are not crushed. We are perplexed. But not in despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed. Therefore, verse 16 do not lose heart, for even though the outward man may be perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is just for a moment, it's working a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen, they are eternal. Psalm 27.1 says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Micah seven eight says, Do not rejoice over me, over my O oh my enemy, for when I fall I will arise. When I sit in darkness, the Lord will be a light unto me. Psalm one nineteen, verse one oh five says, Your word, O Lord, it is a lamp unto my feet, and a light unto my path. Verse Proverbs four eighteen says, The path of the righteous, it is like the light of dawn. It shines brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter until the new day. Folks, I am willing to wait. I am willing to stand. I am willing to hope and I am willing to trust until that day comes. If that day comes at the end of my life, and it's in the presence of Jesus, I'm okay with that. If I can't perceive this glorious moment where, hey, I'm on top of everything, I probably won't. I probably won't. But my, I'm trying to get my heart fixed on this God that treasures me and values me so much. Do you want this life, this love, this peace, this protection, both now and eternity? You have a choice. You can say no. You're allowed to say no. The Bible tells a story in Luke chapter 18 of a a rich young man who made a choice. A wealthy young man came to Jesus in the New Testament and said to him, Jesus, what do I need to do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said, "Well, you know, obey all the commandments. Do all the, you know, follow God, you know, with your whole heart and love Him." And the young man said, "Well, I, I, I'm doing that. I'm doing all that now." Jesus was setting him up. Jesus said this. He said, "You still lack one thing. Go, sell all that you have. Give to the poor." and you'll have treasure in heaven. The Bible says that the young man he went away sorrowful. The young man said, "No. No deal, Jesus. Can't do it. Price is too high." It's okay to have money. As long as money doesn't have you. And this man disappears into obscurity. Could have, been one of, could have been another disciple. We could be reading about him right now. But he goes nameless into obscurity because he says no. Jesus said that this deal, this covenant, this proposal, it's like a man who finds a treasure. It's in Matthew chapter 13. He finds a treasure and he buries it in a field. And then he goes to the man who owns the field and he buys the field. He values it so much that he goes and buys the field so that he can live his life around that treasure. He can live, he can build his life around it. This was sparked by a friend of mine who was preaching a sermon recently. And he said this, he says, you found a treasure in God but are you willing to buy the field? You found a treasure in God, but are you willing to buy the field? Are you willing to go all in? Are you willing to make a covenant? Jesus built eternity around us. He has commissioned us to take care of the human race. He's commissioned us to preach to all we know, to to touch everyone with the love of God that we can, He has commissioned us, the church, to do that globally. He's built eternity around us because we are his treasure. Creation was built for you. The commandments were for you. The cross was for you. And when Jesus comes back as king, like we sang about, when Jesus comes back as king, it will not be for the silver or the gold or any other commodity on this planet. When Jesus comes back as king, he will be coming back for people. He will be coming back for you. You're his treasure. I am his treasure. We are valuable. Jesus set the bar. He offers this life. Deal or no deal. Maybe the piano player could just come back and play the keys a bit would we'll just set the tone make it much more dramatic enable me to manipulate you even more i hope this morning that it's not my smart words that have encouraged you i hope that it's the word of god that I want you to know this morning that God isn't looking for a one night stand. He's not looking for a summertime fling. He's not looking for a Sunday fling. He is literally proposing to you right now. I remember when I proposed to my wife, Abe's daughter. blindfolded her and I took her back to uh, to the camp where I met her. The summer camp where I met her. She opened her eyes. Of course she knew exactly where she was. When I got on my knee and I I proposed to her all she did was start crying. with the landlord was like nothing compared to that. Now fill the silence with random crying. Fantastic. I mean, I was super emotionally stable. I was like 18 years old. I was. I was 18. And here I am, high school kid on my knee. was excruciating. And I, th- I think sometimes we, we come to the realization that God has put it all on the line. And that not only does our life hang in the balance and the potential for us to live God's plan hangs in the balance, but so many people around us, so many people in our circle of influence there lives and their future hangs in the balance. Two. We come to this moment where we realize, if we're not a Christian, we come to this moment where we realize that God sent his only son, Jesus, to die on a cross for us so that we could accept and we could have life in this, uh, while we're here. That we can have communion, we can have fellowship that we can actually know God, we can talk to him and he can talk to us Jen was doing her hair a couple of days ago and she felt like the Lord said to her you know, go check the mailbox but she wouldn't check the mailbox and there's this random like $75 check in the mail Happen very often. It's not like we get baby bonus anymore. Our kids are too old. But we come to this realization that God has given everything to us and He makes the proposal this morning. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes, please? He makes the proposal this morning. If you've never given your heart to Jesus, if you've never made Him the Lord of your life, if you've never accepted His gift of salvation. He has made a gesture that is more grandiose than any 18-year-old kid on bended knee in a summer camp. He sends His only Son to be born of, live a sinless life and then... says, to you accept my son, and you're accepting me, and you'll live forever. And he makes that proposal to you this morning. He's proposing to you right now to accept his life, to trust, to dwell, to feed, to delight, to commit, to rest. Legally, do you know what a trust is? A trust. By definition, it says this a relationship in which one person holds title to the value of property to keep or use the property for the benefit of someone else. If you're a Christian in this room, what God has, he doesn't just have for you as for everyone you know. is exceedingly, it's far above what you could possibly ask or think or imagine I wonder if there's as everybody's got their eyes closed just for the sake of privacy in this moment, I wonder if there's anyone here in this room maybe you're new to church, maybe you've been to church lots of times, but you've never ever actually given your heart to God Never given your heart to Jesus, never accepted Him as your Savior. And this morning, you you feel it inside you. You know, you know that He is making this proposal to you. And this morning, you want to give your heart and your life to Christ. You want to give your heart and your life to this God who sent His only Son, Jesus. If that's you in your this, if that's you in the room right now, I'm just going to ask you just to lift your hand, just so I can see it. I'm the only one. I'm the only one. Everybody else is respecting your privacy in this moment. I'll wait three more seconds. Play, play softly I want to invite you if you'd like prayer that you can, you can come forward you can come here and uh, I'll pray with you some leaders will pray with you if you're having trust issues it's a good time to come forward I'm fortunate because I'm already at the front and I have trust issues yeah, there's certain areas of my life where I have to remember to trust in the Lord. To remember that his deal is solid. His part of the covenant has been paid for. I'm the one who keeps slacking off. I'm the one who keeps disbelieving what I already have. If you have trust issues, I'd like to encourage you and I'd like you to encourage me. You can feel free to come Pray for that. There are some of you in this room, I know Pastor Shane has been talking about sharing your faith with people and and spreading the love of Jesus. I want to encourage you right now to understand that those 10 people that are in your life in your sphere of influence, those 10 closest people, those are your mission field. Those people that are so valuable to you, those people are of infinite, eternal value to God. Sometimes we need to feel the pressure of that. We need to feel how important that is. I've got 15 or 20 guys that work for us. You know, and I know that God has given me those guys as my mission field. And sometimes I do a good job of representing Jesus and sometimes I don't. But today I want to have a renewed mission to fulfill his covenant. Introduce them to the one who is proposing this life to them. So we don't even need to make this a long thing. If that's you, if you're in one of those two categories, you just want some encouragement, you just want a boost of faith, trust in God. I'm going to encourage you just to come to the front. We're just going to pray together. If you just can, you can come to the front anytime with people looking, and no big deal, and just don't be afraid. I'm going to encourage you. If you come, somebody else will follow. Let's all pray together. Let's just close our eyes in just this moment. We're not going to sing. We're just going to pray. Okay? I'm just going to pray with these folks here, and you guys can just, everybody else that's in the room, I want to encourage you, if you do fall one of these categories, but you didn't feel like coming to the front, don't worry about it. We're just going to pray. The Word of God works for everybody. Lord, we come to you in the name of Jesus, and God, we reach out to you right now. We ask you, Lord, like the disciples ask, Lord, to help our unbelief. To help our unbelief. Let the word of God get down into the hearts of these men and women, both at the front and both in the congregation. Lord, I pray that your word, God, that is settled in heaven, the Bible says, your word in which, Lord, it says that the grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our Lord will stand forever. Lord, that your word would encourage us that your word would bring strength, that your word would bring hope, that your word would bring trust, that your word would bring all the help that we need this morning. We got trust issues sometimes, God, but I thank you that we can encourage ourselves with your word. Some of us in this room, we have failed, we've fallen, but we can take we can take courage. In Micah 7, verse 8 says, even though we fall, in fact, it's guaranteed that we will fall, but we will arise. That even if we sit in darkness, the Lord will be our light and he will be our salvation. Even though we fall and even though we fail, we trust in you because you don't fail. We trust in you. We take all of our cares and we cast them upon you. Sometimes I wish I could cash, bundle up all my cares and just kind of put them in the offering plate as it went by. God, we just take, Lord, the heavy yoke and the heavy burdens in this moment. We give them to you. Would you just lift your hands just for 30 more seconds?
1: We're just gonna lift our
0: hands. God, we just give. We give what you promised you would carry. We give it to you in this moment. We give it to you. And God, we just want to keep reminding ourselves over and over and over again of this great covenant, this great deal that we have with you. And God, I pray for every person in this room, Lord, that they would be a carrier of the covenant of the Lord Jesus Christ, that they would be a messenger of, of the Father, that they would be a messenger, a bringer of light to every situation, to every person that they know. God, I thank you this week. You are setting up, Lord, important and divine appointments with people where we can share very clearly the love of God, where we can share very clearly what Jesus has done for us in our lives, God. Lord, I pray this as we go through this week, oh God, Lord, that you would give us appointment and opportunity after opportunity in ways spoken and not spoken to show the love of Jesus to this world that you have placed us in, God. God, may we get more in line with your mission this week than ever before. In Jesus' name. Come on, somebody say amen. Amen, amen, amen. Amen. Well, you may be seated. You may be seated and you may be dismissed. Yeah. Yeah. Take somebody out for lunch, you know, write them a check. If you've got money in the, your account, you know, send them a Valentine's Day card. Hey, Valentine's Day is coming fellas. Yeah, I know it's another gift day. You can do it.